What is the upskis, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Gamer Cast. We are on episode 50. God damn, half a century of GX Gamer Cast. Well, I hope if you're listening to this one, you better have listened to the prior 49 or you're not allowed to, to listen to this. No, I'm just kidding. You can listen to it. Anyway, welcome everybody back to my little gaming show where once a week I go through and just talk about some video games. I'm a lifelong gamer. I've been playing games my whole entire life and I just love talking about them. So generally once, uh, once a week, I'll spend an hour or so talking about games from my past, games that I'm currently playing, top 10 lists. I got a version series where I just put two things up against each other and they battle it out for supremacy and whatnot. But this episode is, this is a special one. Now, you've probably seen the title of the game here. We're going to be talking about Lunacy today. Now, Lunacy may be a game that you've heard of before or it very well may be a game you've never heard of before. I, w- I would not be surprised. Uh, this game came out in 1997, at least in North America, Japan, and it came out in 96. So we got a retro game here, but before I dive into the lunacy talk, let's talk about what I've been up to over the last week. And I always encourage you, my listeners, if you want to tell me what you've been up to over the last whatever amount of time, tell me about what games you just can't put down if you're watching a really awesome TV show that you just can't stop watching it i just need another episode another episode or maybe even a really awesome movie that maybe has gone under the radar or maybe it's a fucking well-known movie but if you want to let me know about it i'm 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 all ears i'll listen to it i love a good recommendation it might be a movie game or tv show never heard of before and it might pique my interest enough to go check it out so let me know what you've been up to as i let you know what i've been up to so let's start off with a movie I watched Nobody, so this is uh, starring Bob Otenkirk, I believe that's his name, he is better better known as Saul, from Better Call Saul, and um, yeah, that was a, it was a very good movie, so if you are in the mood for a nice action movie, maybe you're a John Wick fan, and you've watched all the, new, all the John Wick movies, and you're looking for another good action movie, well, Nobody is a good one, it's... Um, now, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's your it's a pretty standard action movie. Like there's uh it's just a badass movie, man, with some really good action scenes. The one in particular that I really got a kick out of is uh, when he's in a car, there's this like car action scene that's just kind of batshit crazy. So if you're looking for a nice action movie in the in the similar that uh, to John Wick, you'll probably get a good kick out of nobody check it out it's pretty damn good i think it just came out on netflix so it's it's on there for y'all to check out i recommend it quite good uh, in terms of tv shows uh, my wife and i have been watching nailed it that cooking show on netflix i love that show i fucking love a good cooking show i used to be huge into cake boss back in the day i remember my sister and i were on vacation in niagara and when we're in the hotel room we just cake boss was on and we just sat there and watched a whole entire season of it so yeah i can get into a good cooking show every now and again especially baking shows but uh yeah i've been watching nailed it if you know you know it's a damn nice show did that rhyme anyway uh baskets also been going through baskets i think i'm on the last season now season four very solid comedy show if you're looking for kind of that cringy comedy thing i would recommend baskets i'm watching it on disney plus uh, what else we got? Succession. Been doing Succession. I am now into season four. Very much so liking that show. And I, ha- I can't believe I haven't mentioned this before in all the times that I've talked about S- Succession. But the music is 
excellent in succession. I love the music. Very, very good shit. And um, I have my suspicions. I have seen no spoilers for the ending of the of the show, but I have my suspicions as to what might be going down, but I am just going to sit back, enjoy myself, and watch the finale of that show, hoping to finish it off. Probably not this week, but maybe next week. But yeah, Succession, that's some good shit. I, um, that's it for TV shows. I did pick up a couple of new uh, video games here. So Amazon had their, like, Prime Day sale. So I picked up uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I have never played Xenoblade Chronicles before. I always wanted to. But um, I heard they're, you know, maybe the f- 1 and 2. They're a little bit grindy. They may not be everyone's cup of tea. They're quite expensive and hard to find. Uh, though I think they are released on the Switch as well. But I picked this one up. I have no, like, intentions of playing it anytime soon. I am in no mood to be playing a 100-plus hour RPG. So I picked it up because it was on sale. So it's just going to go on the shelf. Add it to the backlog. But I do have Xenoblade Chronicles. So I'm curious uh, if there's any... Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles fans out there, do I need to play the first two games or is it cool if I just dive into the third one? Because I doubt I'm going to want to play one or two. Uh, just They're very, very big games and I just don't know if I have it in me. But I am very interested in three. I've heard great things about it. Uh, it sounds more up my alley, so uh, a little bit more... I don't know, mainstreamed, a little bit more quality of life things that aren't so grindy from, that's just what I'm hearing. I don't know a damn thing about them other than they're, it's a very lovely looking game and one of the best RPGs on the Switch. So I had to grab that up. And I also, let me see if I can get the name of this one right. Uh, Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. That is the Final Fantasy like rhythm game. I don't know couple buddies of mine on the optional optional boss podcast go check them out they were all about this game and they sold me on it when they were talking about it so i saw it on sale i had to pick it up it was on my it was on my wish list so i'm very happy i got physical editions of both of those i am not the biggest physical game collector i'm more about whatever's cheapest and most convenient but i must admit i am a little bit addicted to uh physical Switch games, I, I prefer the, I don't know why, I just like them physical, they're nice little cases, they're cute, they're very cute, and of course, I don't know, there's just, even though I never sell my games anymore, uh, I just, you never know, man, if something terrible happens, like, Nintendo games hold their value, so there's there's always that, you can't sell digital games, right, so, I really like uh, getting the physical copies. I know there's the physical fans out there. There's the physical fans out there that just have to have everything physical. I get it, but if it's five dollars cheaper digital, I'm going digital every single time. I don't. I only own one physical Xbox One Series XS game, and that's South Park. Everything else is digital. Speaking of Xbox, I bought myself an Xbox Series. S. I, I chickened out. I went with the S. It was also on sale on the Amazon Prime Day thingy. It was $300, like, after taxes and everything. So I, was, I, I couldn't resist. I am very, very hyped up. I'm, get, I'm getting on the Starfield hype train, even though I'm extremely nervous that it might not be amazing. But regardless, I mean, my buddy Kyle and I, we share, like, an Xbox profile. So he's got Hogwarts over there. He's telling me that he wants to buy the new Star Wars game so I can play Hogwarts and possibly a new Star Wars. Hi-Fi Rush is a game I really, really want to play. So I'm 
I, I got the Xbox. Sadly, it won't be here for a long time. Fucking Amazon. So it's it's going to be a while till my Xbox is here, but it's on the way. So let me know, Xbox fans, uh, what Xbox Series XS games should I check out? I got the Hi-Fi Rush. That is a must for me. And Starfield, I, I will definitely be diving into that. So I, I'm all ears for recommendations for Xbox games to check out. Please and thank you. Uh Games that I'm playing, just actually playing, of course, Legend of Zelda, still making my way through that. I uh, played a little bit of Mario Kart 8 this week. Uh, some of the new tracks came out. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's Mario Kart. It's fucking good times. I don't get to play it very, like, I haven't played Mario Kart very, very much. But yeah, I mean, I'm down to play like 45 minutes every now and again. Pretty good time. And I'm getting my way through Pyre. Very much so enjoying that game. I'm planning on making an episode about it. I feel like I'm almost done. It, it feels like I'm getting close to the end. But yeah, there will be more than likely, I'm, I'm saying like 95% sure I'm going to do an episode on Pyre. And that should be a good time. Might be the next next episode, but we'll see how it goes. And I'm just about like, oh, I'm so close to finishing off the first Ace Attorney game. I'm like... Last part of the final episode, just got to, like, finish off the trial, and then I'm done with Ace Attorney. Much longer game than I thought it was going to be. We're damn near 20 hours now, and uh, honestly, it got a little bit burned out, so I'm going to not dive right into the next Ace Attorney game. Going to take a little break, but very, very enjoyable. I think it's just because I'm playing a lot of uh, reading-heavy games right now. There's a lot of reading Empire Ace Attorney is like all reading, so maybe I'm just a little bit burnt out on the reading thing, but very pleasantly, not surprised, but I'm very happy with the Ace Attorney game. Very good. I've heard nothing but good things. I'm just very, very late to the party when it comes to handheld games that aren't Pokemon, so very much so enjoying the Ace Attorney games. Again, highly recommend the Ace Attorney trilogy for Switch, especially Switch, because it's so good on handheld, man, so good, and I got it for $13.00. Three Ace Attorney games for 13 bucks. That's a must buy. You gots to get it. So I've been playing through that. And that is just about everything that I've been playing so far. So with that being said, let's dive into Lunacy for Sega Saturn. Oh my god. Okay, let's uh, let's just rip the Band-Aid off right now. Yes, I uh, I sort of grew up with a Sega Saturn, so there might be some people uh, that are upset about that. There might be some fans of the Sega Saturn. I, I didn't hate the Sega Saturn. I mean, we didn't have, like, the biggest collection of games on the Sega Saturn. I, um, I still have a couple of them hiding around somewhere. I feel like my copy of Lunacy is somewhere, somewhere in this world, but anyway... Lunacy, by far, is the strangest game we ever played on the Sega Saturn. Might be the strangest game I've ever played, period. But um, I will try my best to explain this game as best as I can. It's um, very, very strange. So this game came out in 1996 in Japan. Came over to North America in 1997. It is known as Lunacy here. I believe it is called Tropic Truck. Trolla something. Hold on, I got it written down here somewhere. Toriko is what it was called in Europe and Japan. So if if that's what you know it as, it was also called Toriko. So I didn't know that. That was pretty cool. But this is a an action adventure game. Uh, closest thing that I can compare it to of its time is probably a game like Mist. 
it's an action game. It's a mystery game. There's so you're starting out this game. You're playing as a guy named Fred, and just Fred, and he is a traveler. He has lost his memory. A very, very stereotypical uh, kind of trope to throw into a game here, but. Here it is. So you're starting off as Fred. You have no memory and you start off locked in prison. So you're like, what the fuck is going on here? So that's how the game starts off. How it plays, man, is just it's so fucking weird. I have never seen a game anything like this. So the whole entire game is FMV. So those like uh, fully motion, full motion video. Um, so it's basically all a cutscene, but you know it, that might sound really cool but it's it's it, the best thing you can do is like look up the gameplay for it so basically it's uh like almost like a point and click adventure but it's taking place on a on a console so you use the controller buttons and you you go left you can go right and back and forth and all that shit and you're just trying to figure out what the hell is going on in the city or this little town called Misty Town so there's a big old mystery going on in this city and you have no idea what the fuck is going on and i would imagine after a couple of minutes of gameplay you would probably have no idea what the fuck is going on because it's a weird fucking game dude this is one of the strangest games i'm telling it's so fucking weird but by god did my sister and i ever play this game a ton growing up man i can't tell you how many times we played through it but I feel like it's over five times. We used to play this game all the freaking time. And we fell in love with it almost right away just because of how strange it was. And up until I think I played this game when I was in and around eight or eight, maybe seven, eight, nine years old. So, you know, I didn't have the biggest track record of gaming. And up until this point, this game was just like, what the fuck? And I also actually played Myst. I had Myst on the Sega Saturn. I definitely, I never finished that game. That was way too, way too smart. But Lunacy... It's not that hard. It's more of a... You kind of just have to go around and piece it all together. It's... If, if you had a guide or something, which we definitely did not have back in the day, um, a lot of it is just kind of going around, checking out the same kind of places. Like, oh, someone over here, someone over there. Does this person have a new thing to say? It's... Um, but once it starts to all get pieced together, it comes together... It's actually a pretty alright game. So, me, admittedly, I have a massive amount of nostalgia for this game. And what honestly spurred me to make this episode is... I was on YouTube, and I'm a big old fan of the Game Grumps. And every now and again, I'll get back into them. And I was looking through their videos, and I saw that they played this game. I was like, oh my god. And I had to see their reaction to this game. And their reaction was almost perfect. They reacted as perfectly to this game as I would have wanted to. Like, they were blown away at what they were seeing. They were laughing so hard at how horribly bad this game, but I sh- it's so bad that it's good. It's it's incredible. So every, like, it, there it was only a four-episode series, and each one was, like, 40 minutes. So they got through it really quickly. They used a guide, thankfully, because if they didn't use a guide, there'd be a lot of just kind of going around, not knowing where to go next. It's not even that big of a game. It's just kind of, it's extremely empty, and there's not a whole lot going on. So, like I said, it's, uh, it's a game that is all FMV. So you're moving around this town, like you'll go straight and it'll just kind of play and it'll just auto move you to the next area and it'll stop you when 
you're at a point where you can make a decision. It's like, okay, there's a door here. I can go in here or I can just keep going straight down the street to another area. This is a very hard game to explain, okay? It's really tough. So... You starting out in the <laughs> Oh my god, I really don't know how to how to do this episode, man. This is tough. All right, we will consult the internet. Look, Wikipedia will get us through this. So, according to Wikipedia, Lunacy is set in two major locations. This is true. Misty Town and the City of Moons. Also true. Correspondingly, the game is divided into two discs. This is also true. Once the player finishes disc 1, disc 2 can be assessed and continues from there. Also true. Although the game maintains the illusion of free, three-dimensional movement, in reality, each action loads a pre-scripted FMV sequence. Gameplay is essentially restricted to moving left and right, forward and backward, or moving in to examine certain objects. The story is followed through a first-person perspective. Some events may not trigger until Fred has spoken to one of the townspeople. Items can be collected and every important encounter is stored in a memory log. The player can save progress anywhere, anytime. While the storyline of Disc 1 follows a fairly linear course, Disc 2 allows for multiple outcomes to the game, depending on what choices the player makes at a given moment or which items are used. So that is how the internet is uh, trying to explain how Lunacy is played. In terms of the storyline, you, like I said, you are a traveler called Fred who finds himself imprisoned in Misty Town Jail. See, I got it. He came to the village in search for, of answers to his past, a, patch, a, a past of which he has no recollection. On his head, he bears a crescent-shaped tattoo. In his cell, Fred meets the strange, that's for sure, the strange and seemingly all-knowing Anthony. Oh my god, Anthony, strangest dude ever. Who tells him of the legend of the City of Moons. It is said that the road to the city lies through the misty town. Anthony offers him the key to his cell, but after an attempted escape, Fred quickly finds himself back in the hands of Lord Gordon. The ruthless town owner. Oh, he's so evil. Lord Gordon condemns the traveler to death, but offers him a chance to save his life. If he can find the entrance to the City of Moons, he will be spared. Fred begins his search for the fabled city, shadowed by Lord Gordon's sadistic henchman Jade. Oh my god. Throughout the village, he meets the various people that populate the misty town such as the irritable Dr. Morse, the soft-spoken Rose, and the melancholic Grey. A dried-up well may or may not hold the key to his mystery, and as his quest unfolds, Fred's path will lead him across various items that may serve one magical function or another. Matches, oil, tree sap, and red paint above to be an integral part of the puzzle. So, I mean, it's an intriguing game. If you read the back of the case, you're looking at the pictures, it's pretty appealing. So, this game came out in 1996-97, and I must admit, graphically, pretty damn impressive for its time. I mean, if you watch the gameplay now, it's pretty laughable, but I think the game, like, the, the graphics... For its time, pretty damn impressive. I mean, some of the lighting effects were good. I will admit that uh, the first half of the game that takes place in Misty Town is much more dull. The city doesn't really have a lot going on. It's kind of all the same kind of beigey, dark brown color. But when you get to the second part of the game, the second disc, when you're in the City of Moons, much more 
fucking fantasy elements going on. There's a lot more color. There's a lot more fantasy, I guess. It's just a lot more colorful. Colorful. It's a lot more magical. It's a lot more mystery-driven, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But I feel like, yeah, for the time, uh, especially from some of the old reviews that I was reading through, uh, that's another thing. The reviews on this game are all over the map. Uh, some reviews were giving it like 10 out of 10s. Others were giving it like 4 out of 10s. So it's a love or hate kind of game. But I can't really say that it's like overly amazing there's a lot of things that are like not great about this game but the game looks good in certain parts there's a lot of inconsistencies with this game so like certain parts of the game you're like yeah that looks good look at fred he's got shadows and stuff and he looks you know pretty good they're not like overly blocky for for 1997 they're pretty smoothed out it's a decent looking game and i would say a good game for its time but the problem is, like, once it starts moving, oh my god, some of the animations in this game are batshit fucking crazy, dude. So, the guy that you're playing as, Fred, he has the longest fucking legs in human history. His leg to body ratio is, like, 80% leg and then 20% the rest of them. He, the legs on this guy is out of fucking control. So, the design on Fred is a little fucking weird right out of the gate he's just way too long and some of the fmv cutscenes, like i highly recommend just watch the game grumps thing it was amazing one of the best let's plays i've ever seen because i just got a i got nostalgic it was a whole bunch of things highly recommend you check it out but the game is so weird man it the, the things move weird and right out of the gate the first thing we noticed the second we started playing it, the second a word came out of the mouth of Anthony and or Fred is the limp, the lip syncing in this game is horrible. It is so bad. It is so far off. The mouths are, it's like an old, uh, like Kung Fu movie that got translated extremely badly to English and the mouths are moving, but no words are coming out or words are coming out and the mouths aren't moving. So that is just a glaring issue throughout the whole entire game and the inconsistencies of the animation. Sometimes you're like, oh, hey, he kind of moved through that door pretty decently. And then other times you're like, that guy walked like both of his legs are broken. Like, what the fuck was that? Graphically, I mean, it's fine. It's whatever. It's of its time, quite impressive for when it came out. But there's a lot bad. There's a lot wrong with it. I was... I didn't, you know, I was expecting more comments about, like, the weird animations and the and the very off lip-syncing to be more prevalent throughout some of the reviews. But honestly, I found it added so much to the charm of this game. It added so much to what makes it so bad it's good. Like, it's kind of takes itself super serious, but not serious at the same time, if that makes sense. It's outrageously fucking weird. So, graphically... Not that bad. For its time, like, I can't ever recall saying, like, oh, this game's incredible when I was eight or whatever, but I didn't think it was a bad-looking game. Now, when it comes to the music and the voice acting, holy shit. Okay, so the music is... It's okay. It's serviceable. It's not, like, um... It's not a super overly, like, I know I called it, like, an action. It's more of an adventure game, not an action game, but it's kind of, like, the music works. It's kind of a... 
calm, but there's a certain certain parts where it's a little bit freaky, and yeah, the music is fine. It's it's it definitely gave me some nostalgia when I looked up the soundtrack and I was listening to some of the tracks. Um, but you know, it doesn't really stand stand out as overly amazing or anything like that. In terms of the voice acting, oh my god, dude, it is horrific. Oh my god, it's so bad, but it's so good at the same time. So, it's certain, like, it's just, it's so incredibly awkward, the dialogue that takes place in this game. They're just like, it really seems like the actors and the directors or whatever the fuck was going on during the production of this game, it seemed like nobody was on the same page or even in the same building when they made this game. It was almost like COVID was happening when they made this. They're like, okay, guy that's playing Fred, we need you to... Uh, establish emotion and and this is a pretty intense scene right here and he's like okay I got it whoa oh no that's bad it's pretty fucking awful I, I must say let me out of here take it easy you think you'll fare better out there than in here hello Fred hell what are you doing I'm still looking for the City of Moons. City of Moons? I heard of that. What do you want? My name is Fred. I am a traveler. Oh, a traveler. Well, I'm Mac. I'm very fond of clocks. Seen any good timepieces lately? Not me. I've got all the time in the world. <clears throat> Go away. Hiya, stupid. You're looking chesty. What can we do? Ah, uh, good question. I'll kill the riffraff. One by one. Starting with you. You bastard. My man. Time to die, friend. So that is just a little sample of what this game is delivering in terms of voice acting. A little bit inconsistent, a little bit awkward to put that lightly. And dude, there are so many times where people are just like, see ya. And then they just leave and then they like, they just leave you in the place. Like it's your place. I'm now you're just leaving me in here. That happens so much. People are just like, I'm just walking away. See you later. And the interactions with people are very <laughs> stiff and awkward and oh man but oh it's just so damn funny like i was just recording the little sound point bites and i was giggling the whole fucking time man it is so freaking funny if you add the the video to the the voices it's, it's it's even better it's there there's one time that you enter into the flower shop and the, the flower lady inside, she's just having a conversation with you. And then it'll like pan over to you and your mouth is like a gape and you're just standing there awkwardly and you, you don't respond. And she's like, all right, see you later. What a weird fucking game, dude. I'm going to keep saying that, but wow. The, the voice acting in this game, it's, um, I love it. I absolutely love it because it's so terrible at the end and, and good at the same time. And the cast of characters in this game is 
batshit. So you're playing as Fred. He is dumb as a stump, but uh, kind of a badass, actually. Once you finish the game, like, and you kind of get it all together and shit, it's, uh, he's kind of cool. I remember when I was super young, I used to act like I was a traveler like Fred. And then... Oh, Jesus, the, the people that live in Misty Town. Like, what a cast of characters. So you got the Lord Gordon guy. He's got this outrageous hairstyle. Uh, he's tan as fuck, I think. I really don't know what he is, but he's just like, Oh, yes, oh. Very classic evil guy, and oh, my jeez. There's so many outrageously silly moments with this guy. The one that just... There's two moments with this guy, so... Uh, once you get to the City of Moons, there's, like, a door that when you touch it, it'll turn you to stone. And he fucking grabs it, and he starts turning to stone. He's just like, ah, and he just cut, chops off his own arm. And he's like, ah, whatever. Out-fucking-rageous, this guy. Not a very good villain, but uh, and he's not all that evil, and he's a little bit goofy, but yeah. And then the final boss fight, if you want to call it that, against Lord Gordon. Literally all you have to do is hit forward twice and you win. You beat the game and it's incredibly awkward. You're just like, you'll be standing there and he's just standing in front of you, not moving. And he's holding his sword and you can like look around the room and like, it's just really fucking weird. The final boss fight, like the video part of it is fine. Like you're both fighting each other with swords, but it's pretty, pretty lame. Now you have Jade. Jade might be one of my favorite characters. I really like this guy. He's the one that's like, time to die, Fred. I think he's pretty good. So Jade is Lord Gordon's right-hand man. He carries out all of his all of his bad deeds, and he's always picking on Fred and freaking Anthony. Poor Anthony, man. We'll, we'll talk about Anthony in a minute. But I really... Jade, man, he's got so many freaking good moments. So there's a man-eating carpet in this game. Yes, yes, you heard me right. Man-eating carpet. That is in this game. And uh, Jade gets himself eaten by said carpet, and that's what the ah thing was. But I really like Jade, man. He's uh, He's got a very weird outfit. He's wearing a button-up shirt, but he's like unbuttoned all the buttons except for like the lowest button so he's exposing a lot of chest and I don't know I kind of like his cockiness I he'll pop up randomly around the town just kind of like checking in on you giving you a hard time and stuff I actually kind of like the the relationship between he and Fred and yeah I kind of like Jade quite a bit then you have um her name is Zabu very strange name does not fit the character whatsoever but she is the other hand of Lord Gordon, and she actually is very similar to you. It turns out that she was a traveler just like you, and she forgot her memory and everything, and she found the the City of Moons and everything. So that was pretty cool. Oh, and I guess I should mention the whole entire point of getting to the City of Moon. Uh, Moons is, I believe there, it's like inter eternal life is what they're looking for from what I, I can remember. Granted, I haven't played this game since the 90s, so bear with me. And then you have Anthony. Anthony, by far, is the strangest character in this game. He is so fucking weird. Uh, Anthony has few interests in the world of his fellow man, preferring to concentrate on his butterfly collection. And he does have a hell of a butterfly collection. And that's not the weird thing about this guy. The weird thing about this guy is you initially meet him... 
He's in the prison cell with you when you start the game. And he's like, oh, take it easy. And he's got this really weird, like, he's stoned or, like, really drugged out or drunk. Or he's a very chill, very calm-sounding guy. But uh, he just kind of locks himself in the prison. He gives you the key to get out. It's like, dude, you have the key to get out? What are you doing here? And he always just pops up at these random places. You're like, who is this man? I think he might be a god or something. I don't know. Because he's the only other person, like, at the end of Disc 2, you everyone in the town gets uh, teleported to the City of Moons in a pretty cool scene. But uh, he's the only one that doesn't, like, end up trapped over there. You find everybody, they're, like, trapped in some way or locked in a room or something like that. He's the only one that's, like, out and about, doing his own thing, collecting, finding butterflies, just going, Oh, oh, look at the butterflies. Weird fucking dude, man. Really weird. Mac is almost as weird. He is, he's a clock owner and he has zero respect for anybody that does not respect clocks, clock making, and clockwork, okay? So, and he's one of the most abrupt ones. He's just like, hello, how's it going? Go away, I don't like you, I'm leaving. And he'll just abruptly leave until you give him a clock or something and then you become best friends. He's kind of a dick, but the biggest dick besides like Lord Gordon and all those guys is Dr. Morse. This guy is a dick. So he is like the personal doctor of Lord Gordon. He only, only worries about Lord Gordon. It's like, not, nope, ah, the rest of you are sick, go to hell. I'm Dr. Morse. But anyway... You meet this guy, he's just incredibly rude, he's a dickhead, he's always like, oh, what do you want? Get out of here, I'm busy, and he's not doing anything, and he's always telling you to get out of his office and not to let the door hit you on the way out. Fuck that guy. Do you know how many times I heard that line, like, playing this game as a kid that had no idea what to do, and how many times I would go into his office, and he would just tell me to get the hell out of his office and leave and not let the door hit me on the way out? Dickhead, I hate that guy. And then you have Rose, who is a very kind-hearted soul. Uh, She is the flower shop owner, and she makes flowers for Lord Gordon because it is super badass and, and very evil to have flowers in your mansion. So Rose and her son Hal are are doing that. Hal is ridiculous. He is a child and he's very annoying and he'll run around being like, hey, take me with you. I want to be you. Please be my dad and stuff like that. And you're just like, no, get away from me. I don't like you. And then there's this weird old dude called Gray. He shows up and, like, he's got some fucking lost daughter that you find and, yeah, or some shit. He's a weird man. I don't know. He's kind of, like, the most well-rounded. He's kind of just, like, a normal dude. Like, But he does, like, again, he falls into that trope of, like, hey, come over here, have a conversation with me. Okay, get the hell out. I'm done. I'm going to bed. See you later. And then they just leave you alone in their house. It's fucking weird. And then you got Hannah. Hannah runs the the inn. Uh, she keeps a keen interest in handsome young travelers. I'm just reading what it, what her little Wikipedia thing says. She once loved a man in Misty Town who was a painter, but he disappeared after Lord Gordon ordered his house to be burned down. Ooh, ooh. So yeah, this this group of characters all voiced incredibly oddly. Um, every interaction with these people are very. Very weird, but oh my god, I love it. Then you got some, like, side characters that you only really see in the second part of the game. So I I guess we'll mention them, but they're not as awesome as the other ones. There's Ray. Ray is a spirit protector of the City of Moons. 
shakes the appearance of a ghostly old woman. Yeah, she's really creaky. And you have Louise. Uh, she seems to be locked up in the towers, permanently turned to stone until her lover returns. And then there's Meg, a childlike spirit, mistress, mysteriously bound to Fred. Meg guides the traveler along his way through the city of moons. So, like we talked about earlier, the game is split up into two... Uh, two discs. So the first part, like I said, takes place in Misty Town. It's much more linear, like especially once you know what's going on, you're pretty much just going like, all right, I, I go to this place. Okay, they need that. So I'll go back over here and then go back and we'll progress on with the story. It's definitely a little bit slow compared to the second disc. The second disc is where a lot of the action happens, but the ba- the last part of the first disc is quite nice. Like once you start piecing everything together, you're finding this clue and then you're starting to get everything. Uh, once you get to the final area, you go down the well and then you fucking, oh my God, there's this like <laughs> magic liquid that you pour on plants and it makes them grow like you're fucking jacking the beanstalk over here. You climb up and then you find this like hidden well underneath a thing. Then you have to put in this like fucking mist or this red paint and then everything goes crazy. The fucking fountains turn on and then the whole city gets engulfed in a red mist and then everybody gets teleported to the city of moons. And then the second disc takes off and shit gets pretty wild in the second disc. So this game actually does have, like I said, there is replayability to this game because you can actually like have different things happen in this game. You can have characters can die in this game. If you don't do the right things for them, you can actually get them killed in this game. You can save them in this game. And I think every character for the most part that you meet over on the other side, every single one of them, you have like a way to save them or get them killed. I don't remember how all, I think Mac, if uh, I think Mac, if he dies, he gets turned into stone uh, we we heard Jade getting eaten by the by the man eating carpet. I'm not sure if he can be saved. I'm not sure if like any of the bad characters necessarily can be saved. I feel like Rose and Hal they're trapped in a fucking elevator or something, and if you don't get them, they'll just like fall to their deaths. It's um yeah, I don't think this game was like rated. Hold on, let me see if there's a rating on the game there. I don't think it was rated M or anything like that, but. Yeah, I mean, people can definitely die in this game. I don't think you see anything overly gruesome in terms of death that I can recall. I'm pretty sure that you yourself can die. You can get eaten by the carpet. You can grab the door that turns you into stone and you get turned into stone. I feel like Lord Gordon can kill you in the final fight if you don't have a weapon or something. It's all about getting the right items and using them at the right time. Uh, to get across the man-eating carpet, you have to have a perfume, spray the perfume on, and it lets you walk over the carpet. And Jade didn't have that. I can't remember if you can give him the the potion or not. I don't think so, because when you, when you have that interaction, he's on the other side of the room, and then you just, yeah. Fuck, man. That room is so iconic. Like, when they got to that room in the, in the Let's Play that I was watching on Game Grumps, once they got there, I got so excited. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's man-eating carpet time. It's pretty fucking badass i'm not gonna lie like it's uh it's pretty cool especially that scene where jade gets eaten like at this point you already know about the man-eating carpet you've dealt with it and then you can you like look down and you can see the carpet like moving and you're like oh shit this shit is about to go down and yeah it eats people it's pretty wild and like i said with the city of moons it is much 
it's much more confusing and so like i said the first part of the game in misty town it's pretty easy to get yourself around it's not like i said it's not overly big there's certain areas it's it's not too bad city of moons though it can get you could definitely get a little bit lost in there there's like i think the whole goal of of once you get to the city of moons you're supposed to go to like four areas and you're supposed to release a butterfly or some shit and it gives you a key something like that and yeah you can definitely get turned around in there i remember uh watching that let's play they were using a map and they would throw the map up on the screen and it just looked batshit crazy but i don't recall it being that overly crazy when i was playing it as a kid like that was one of the earlier games i was able to beat as a kid so i don't think it was overly that difficult but it, in terms of for what they were doing yeah they wanted to get through the game quite quickly but yeah the the rooms are much more oh man if you, you're just gonna have to like look up a picture of it because the the colors in the city of moons it's just very colorful very vivid i'm looking at this like one room and there's like these creepy faces and it almost looks like you're underwater a little bit it's quite cool man quite cool kind of just like this game is like i said man there was uh nothing like this game when i played it and i can't say i've played anything anything like that game ever ever since then now these kind of mystery games point and click adventures have have grown quite differently now like maybe a maybe if they were to make this game now it would maybe look more like a heavy rain style kind of a game maybe a detroit become human like a pick your own adventure kind of deal that would be really cool i would love to see lunacy get like a remaster or something but i would want them to like i don't know have two versions like have the old version where it's just so bad it's good like unapologetically awful in parts but it's just so damn charming and oh my god dude like what a fucking strange game. Oh my god, there's one moment that is just coming to my head when uh, this is at the beginning of the game. Where at, right after you escape from the jail cell, you're trying to get the hell out of the town. You go up to like the, the city gates and then Jade meets you there and he's like, Oh, I'm going to have to take you into Lord Gordon. And how he knocks you out is so fucking cute. He just kind of kind of slight, lightly taps your tummy and you are knocked off fuck out bro you're completely disposed you're done for knocked out i don't know what he did he just tickle your tummy a little bit and you just get completely knocked the fuck out very very interesting uh definitely one of the scenes that they were like um where the the animation was uh quite not good and uh there's just one thing here that i was reading um on wikipedia here something about the number four so Pretty interesting. It says the number four seems to hold some significance in lunacy. The gateway to the city of moons can only be accessed accessed once every four years. Correspondingly, the wind blows only once every four years in Misty Town. Very dry town. In the city of moons, the object is to free four butterflies, each of which connects roughly to one of the four elements, earth, water, wind, and light. When Fred descends into the well to find the gateway to the City of Moons, it is these four elements that open the portal when brought together. Yeah, I definitely learned a couple new things while um, researching through this game and looking up some stuff. Apparently, there's uh, a number of hidden bonus movies that can be accessed after the game is completed by reinserting disc one. And then you enter a code. I did not know about that. If I still had my Sega Saturn and Lunacy, I would probably check. I mean, I could probably just YouTube them and look them up. And then, like, you have some really all over the map, like, 
uh, reviews for this game. So just a couple here. You got a 5.625. What the fuck is that? Electronic Gaming Monthly. 5.625 out of 10. Then you got a 91 out of 100 from GameFan. Like, holy shit. 5.8 out of 10 from GameSpot. Next Gen gave it a 3 out of 5 stars. Sega Saturn Magazine from the UK gave it a 66%. Maniac, 60 out of 100. Like, yeah, I would definitely be in that range. I don't know what GameFan is smoking. Like, 91 out of 100. Maybe if they're playing, like, the Japan version where, like, the, the lip syncing and maybe the voice acting is a lot better maybe but i i couldn't give this game much higher than like a six out of ten and it's getting a lot of bonus points for nostalgia and just how this game still makes me giggle and i can bring i can just say the word lunacy to my sister and i'll probably get a pretty nice reaction out of her because my fuck dude i shit you not we played this game like seven or eight times growing up i think it was by far our favorite sega saturn game we didn't i didn't have like a lot of the essential games. I mean, it's definitely the one that I played the most and it is the one that is just ingrained itself in my brain. I absolutely go crazy whenever people bring up Lunacy. I went mad when I saw the Game Grumps playing it because that's just a match made in heaven. So again, I will shout out that that Game Grumps Let's Play. It's perfect. It's beautiful. The reactions to the craziness and the awkwardness of that game is spot the fuck on. And... Maybe some other day we can go through and talk more about the Sega Saturn. I would have to I would have to do some research myself because I didn't have a whole lot of Sega Saturn games and a lot of them I wasn't very good at. So Lunacy would be the I think the the only one that I was able to beat as a kid. So it holds a very, very special place in my heart, even though I know it's not that great, but it definitely falls into that category of it's so bad it's good and i don't think i'll ever see a game quite like that if you if you know of a game out there that is like that or if they made a lunacy 2 that i'm not aware about let me know because i would love that and also i would love to hear from anybody that experienced this game growing up or has played this game anything like that let me know what did you think about it do you do the weird lip movie thing the like my sister and i whenever we would play this game we would do the weird lips like we you know how it is we're just fucking weird stupid kids so that's gonna be it for this episode everybody sorry it's not the longest one but it's not the longest game and a lot of it is visuals you got to see this game trust me look up a let's play of it doesn't take very long it's it's mind-blowing that this game exists and i absolutely love it so thank you everybody so much for listening uh if you've been here for the 50 episodes of the gx gamer cast a special special thank you to you you are awesome thank you everybody so much for listening to this week's episode we will be back again with more gx plus cast <laughs>